Hi, my name is Jessica Glynn, and I am the host of Here to Help podcast. Here is spelt H-E-A-R, and that is because I want you all to hear in order to help you. In 2017, my brother Christopher committed suicide. He was only 27 years old when he chose to take his own life. I'm doing this podcast because I want to be able to help people. I want them to know that they are not alone. And I want to share some of the things that I have gone through and experienced, um, as well as what I've done to help myself throughout that time. I've written letters to my brother for a year, starting from the day after his passing up until the year anniversary, and I did this to release some of the grief and sadness that I had taken on. I think talking about it is healthy, and I want someone to find a connection to my words and listening to me. And I want it to be able to help them to know that something that they may be feeling or going through is not abnormal and it's okay to feel the way that they're feeling. It can give you and I a connection to one another without even meeting. And again, it just gives you a sense of peace to know that you aren't the only person that's feeling a certain way after the loss of someone. So this podcast is for anyone who has any kind of loss um, or for anyone that is struggling right now and feeling alone and feeling the side effects of depression and they can get a little bit of the other side of it and how the family members may feel or close friends may feel regarding the situation and maybe it can help to shed some light on how they can go about reaching out and communicating with those loved ones, friends, and family members. So I am going to read an entry or letter that I have written to my brother each week and then I'd like to discuss it and you know further dissect the entry and talk also about the spirituality and faith aspects of what this loss has done for me and each week it will unfold into that further and further Um, when I say that I mean it'll unfold into the grief further it will unfold into the spirituality and faith aspects further as well and I hope that it will help someone. So I'd like to explain a little bit about who my brother was. His name is Christopher John Long. He was born August 30th, 1990. And at the time of his passing, he was 27 years old. He was an uncle of two, a four-year-old boy, and a six-month-old girl. 
and he was literally the funniest person on the planet. He always wanted to make people smile and happy. And I've come to learn that it seems many people that are making everybody else happy and everybody smiling seem to be struggling the most. Now, I'm not saying that that's everybody, but the more that I see in the media and things of that nature with, you know, actors or famous people that have struggled with depression or have ultimately committed suicide, it seems as though they had a very similar story or life, so to speak, as my brother did, where they seemed so happy and you would never know that this is something they struggled with. So I think of Robin Williams even. He made me smile and laugh my whole childhood with all of his movies. And I never thought that he struggled with wanting to be alive. And that goes the same with my brother. I've had so many people ask me why I thought that he had done this. And I really don't have an explanation. And I know at this point that I never will. And that's what makes it so hard is because I I, I wish I had a reason or knew what was going through his mind as to why he would feel this down about life and wanting to leave all of us behind. But it's just something that he struggled with. So I'm going to go ahead and read the entry that I have in my journal. And it starts from the night that it happened. It was written on November 14th, 2017, but it's in regards to November 13th. November 13th, 2017. This night will forever stay ingrained in my mind, just like the night with Mikey. Doug was reading Bryce a bedtime story, and I just came downstairs to make Bryce's lunch for school. I heard a rumbling like I've never heard before coming down the stairs. A million things ran through my head as I tried to process what this unfamiliar noise was. It sounded like elephants falling down the stairs. With this, I see Doug barreling down the stairs, grabbing his keys as he loses his balance. I yell, what's going on? He ignores me. He runs out the front door. I run after him. I yell again, what is going on? He mutters something about my dad calling him. I hear him say something about my brother. He then says that the phone cut out and he doesn't know. So now I am panicking. I call dad. 
I had to force the question out of my mouth because I didn't want to know the answer to what I was asking him. What happened, Dad? In hysterics and barely being able to talk, he tells me that you shot yourself. He said you were gone. Gone. Just like that, you were gone. I had just spoken to you through text about two hours prior to this. How could you have done this? You were fine. I collapsed to the floor in my kitchen, screaming like I have never screamed before. I couldn't even catch my breath. I called Doug, not knowing that he actually already knew what was going on. And after I relay the message to him, I went back into hysterics of not being able to breathe and screaming. I just remember telling him that I couldn't do this as I threw my phone to the floor. Bryce must have heard everything that was going on and comes down crying, asking me what is wrong. I couldn't even talk. I just grabbed him and continued to scream and cry as I held him. He said, Mommy, you're making me cry. I told him I was sorry as I hugged him even tighter and continued to sob. I then tried to compose myself as best I could, and I took him to my room and told him that he could sleep in my bed to watch TV. I figured that this would help him feel a little bit better. I closed the door, and there was Denise and Dennis, my in-laws. Doug must have called them to come for the kids. Yet again, I collapse. I was screaming to Dennis, why, why, over and over again. Dennis said that we didn't know what the case was yet and if if you were really gone. I remember thinking, oh my God, there's hope. Dennis then told me that he would take me to mom and dad's house. I called Doug on the way there and he confirmed that you were gone, that there was, in quotes, nothing that you could come back from. In quotes, there was no coming back from that. Coming back from what? I still didn't know for sure yet. As I pulled down the block with Dennis, I can see all of the cop cars and lights from the emergency vehicles. I just kept thinking how this could not be real. All I kept saying to myself is, no, 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 no. I got out of the car before it even stopped, I think, and I power walked over to our house. I got midway up the grass and a police officer jumps in front of me with his hands up. He tells me that I cannot go up to the house. I was yelling and crying, begging him to please let me see my parents. Dad came running over as I fall to the grass on my knees. We were hugging, crying, and just screaming. I stood up and they now allowed me to go over to mom 
to give her a hug. She was standing by the garage doors. I didn't even have any words. As I hugged her, I just stood there listening to my heavy breathing, as well as feeling the tears roll down my face. I let go of her and felt like I needed to expel everything. I threw my phone in the driveway and headed to the corner of Winters and Floridora. Doug tried to follow me, but I begged him to let me just go. I needed to get away, just to be alone. I turned the corner and I look up at the sky. I cried to you, yelling and asking you why, why would you do this? While looking up at the stars, something a little lower in my view catches my attention. I see a sort of flashing, strobe-like light on the top of the trees above me to the right. This light stopped me in my tracks because I could not figure out what and where this light was coming from. I looked around and nothing. It was then I thought to myself, could that be you? I walked back around the loop to our block. Doug was already meeting me at the other end of the street. In a fog, I called our family members with no luck of getting Danielle, our cousin. Doug was able to get her husband on the phone, who then put me on speaker to tell them. I spent the remainder of the night at the neighbors, making other phone calls to the rest of the family. The night is a complete blur. We left there around midnight, and the quote-unquote cleanup crew came after the detectives left. Doug had gone in and saw your room, but I couldn't bring myself to go in there. I think you gave Doug his first sign when the truck pulled up for them to come clean, and the side of the truck said prestige worldwide. Doug stayed with Dad, and Mom was coming home to my house. When getting into bed, I said that it was weird because I haven't slept in a bed with her since you and I were little. When I finally turned on my left side to try and fall asleep, I felt a cold chill on my back. The only way to describe it is as if I had an ice luge laying behind me. And for the second time tonight, I thought, was that you? All I know is this was the absolute worst night of my life. The night you, my brother, took his own life with a gunshot to the head. The next morning, I woke up and immediately grabbed my phone out of habit to look on Facebook. And the first thing that came up was a memory of you and Bryce from when Bryce was a baby. I remember feeling like I had a thousand knives just fall onto my body. The pain that I felt seeing that and having my first real realization that you were no longer going to be around hurt really bad.
So to dissect the entry a little bit, um, Doug is my husband, and we have two children, Bryce and Camilla, and we were both home the night that it happened at our house, which is about 15 minutes from my parents' house, and I was upset that my husband was the first person to be contacted about all of this happening. I can understand the reasoning behind it, but still to this day, I'm a little upset that he was told first and then he runs out of the house, um, you know, thinking that I'm not going to investigate about what's going on. And then I was ultimately left home by myself with my two children. Um, In regards to the name Mikey, that is my uncle who passed away from suicide as well. I was, I believe, six years old when he passed away, and he used to live next door to my house. And I still remember that night vividly, so that's why I felt it was important to rem- to mention it, because I know that both nights will be vivid, unfortunately, and I will always remember them. Um, in regards to the lights that I saw, um... It will be, I will dive into that more, but at the time, I literally thought that I was hallucinating because I couldn't understand where they were coming from. It was almost like UFO lights on top of the tree or as if someone had like a big mirror and was reflecting the sun on top of the trees. It was just a very strange light, something I've never seen before. Um, that was hard reading that back it's actually the first time that I've ever read that entry back and every entry or letter that I read further uh, will be the first time that I'm reading it since I wrote it I don't know why I chose now as the perfect time to do this but I did (laughs) and um I don't know, everything happens for a reason, right? So I guess that I'm doing this for a reason. Somebody needs to hear this story or share some commonality with me about losing somebody, whether from suicide or not. And yeah, like I said, this was hard reading it back. Um, I kind of built this wall or or numbness to even reading about it something that I wrote myself because I guess it's a, a defense mechanism because that night was so painful and I hate to remember you know the night that my life literally changed and it will be changed forever I will never be able to go back to the person that I was before that night happened. 
Um, as I said in the letter, I had spoken to my brother about two hours prior to getting the other phone call about everything happening. And him and I were in a group message with my parents and we were joking around, making fun of my mom, um, you know, the usual things. And then we went in a private text message and we were talking more crap about my mom. <laughs> and we were laughing and I, I remember the last words I said um, were, you know, mom seems annoying today. And he said, yeah, the usual, LOL. And that was it. That was the last communication that I had with my brother. And as cliche as it sounds, if I would have known that that was the last thing I would have said to my brother, I would have definitely said a lot more. What's weird to me is I had this like rush of thought a little bit before bedtime where I kind of felt like I should have texted him back more in regards to that text message. Um, I mean, I don't know what more I could have said, but something was just saying like, oh, I feel bad. I should kind of text him again. And then I got caught up with the kids and you know, bath time and getting them in pajamas, and then it was too late. So there's a lot of things that I could sit here and pick at and feel guilt for, um, but I know that that will just ultimately drive me crazy, so I can't really do that. So yeah, so then pulling up to the house, I just remember feeling like I wanted to fall to the ground and just die, pretty much. But something in me just powered through. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to go up to the house. I didn't want to have to face whatever the hell was happening. But something was pushing me literally it felt like a physical push to keep going and I you know obviously I was concerned about my parents and you know wondering what state of mind everybody was in um as I said in the letter my my dad and I were both in hysterics when I got to my mom she kind of just stood there like zoned out um I, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't remember much, um, you know, in your, in your own head. So I don't know exactly, but I don't even think she said a word to me as we hugged. And um, yeah, it's just a night, like I said, I will never forget. To conclude this first podcast of Here to Help, I would just like to say that there is much more to dive into. This is very much so just the, the very beginning to all of this. 
and I hope you I hate to say enjoyed it because who would enjoy it listening to this but I hope that it resonated with you I think is a better word and I hope that you do return next week to hear some more um my journal definitely dives really deep into the grief sadness anger happiness all of the things that relate to how someone goes through a loss like this or any other loss and I'm also excited to get into sharing um and diving deeper into the whole spirituality aspect of it all and how much it has changed me for the good and the bad and I hope that you stay tuned next week thank you for listening Thank you.